Thank you for tuning in to A Greater Story with Sam Collier. We are calling this a radio podcast, a cool hybrid of talk radio and music. Real leaders, real talk, incredible stories. Thanks so much for tuning in to A Greater Story with Sam Collier. My name's Sam Collier, and I am here right now with a Renaissance woman. I got to say that. We we, we traveled... (laughs) Me and the wife all the way from Atlanta down here to Gainesville. Did I say that right? You did. Okay. (laughs) Gainesville, Florida for her because we had to. She's incredible. She is making waves in the church. Mm -hmm. She's making waves um, in culture. She's making waves through social media. If you don't know who this woman is, you need to know. I am honored and elated to introduce the world. Well, to some because many already know uh, to the Global Faith-Based Partnerships Director at one of the largest, the largest social media um, agencies, uh, platforms in the world, Facebook. Nona Jones is in the building. How you doing, Nona? Oh, ah! yes, Thank you for coming to see me and for that amazing introduction that is not deserved, but I thank you, Jesus. It's totally deserved. <laughs> I mean... If anybody is doing anything in the church or in culture, your name is coming up. You're everywhere. You're at every conference. You're on every stage. And it's just going to get bigger and bigger. Before I get started, because I'm getting ready to go, <laughs> um, we kick off this show every time with the song. Yeah. Throw to this first song for us. Your favorite song right now. My favorite song that I have on repeat all the time right now is You Are Here by yeah. William McDowell. Mm. We'll be back. Yes.
So I think I was with Mike Todd um, in Tulsa and we were interviewing and I said, man, where are you coming from? He said, man, I, I was with Nona, man. Mike is the homie. Right. And he was like, man, I was with Nona and Bobby Grunewald. Mm-hmm. You know, all those are friends. Yeah. And uh, they said you had done a little private gathering mm-hmm. um, with some of the largest faith leaders mm-hmm. in the country trying to figure out um, how to make Facebook more relevant or teaching them how to even utilize Facebook to their advantage. Mike was on fire. He was just like, man, this I'm so excited about this. This is a new frontier. It was it was why I said, who, who, who's this woman? He said, you don't know Nona? I said, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, what? And then I get on Instagram next couple of months. T.D. Jakes is talking. To me. I mean, I'm just like, <laughs> oh, OK. And then Bobby and then you version. Then I'm like, OK, who is no? I got to find this woman. I got on Instagram. I start searching. I said, where is she? Where is she? Where is she? I found you. Um, you, you are you're an African-American woman executive at. I mean, the largest social media platform in the world in a time where we're trying to bring our worlds together, where America is searching for unity. God has propelled you, elevated you to a space of influence where you're now helping to shape culture and shape what the church will be. Um, But we know where you are now is not where it started. Right. We say around here that when your story connects to God's story, it leads to a greater story. So we try to have people on the show that are in their greater story. And that is obviously you take us from little Nona (laughs) up to Reverend. Can I, is it Reverend? Uh, whatever you want to call me. Yeah. Apostle, prophet, whatever. (laughs) Up to where you are now. Tell us the story. How did this happen? Um, well, I'm, I'm going to, so I'll tell you my story in two parts. Um, yeah. the first part is just, uh, my, my childhood. So, um, you're right. I think a lot of people, they walk in on your story. They walk in on that chapter and they mm. assume that's the entirety of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I was born in, uh, the summer of 1982. I was actually born to a mother who didn't even want me. Um, mm. her and my father have been married for 15 years, but she didn't want children. Um, she had some undiagnosed mental illness mm. and she felt like she wanted life to be a big party. She didn't want to have the burden of children. Right. And so um, when she found out she was pregnant, she was actually angry. Mm. But my father was excited because he wanted to be a dad. Mm. But about halfway through her pregnancy, um, he started to have some severe stomach pain. And so he went to the doctor just to have some tests run. Mm. And he got diagnosed with terminal stomach cancer. Mm. He was given six months to live. And so imagine, you know, going for 15 years, just just wanting to finally be a dad and he gets this opportunity and he knows that he won't see me graduate. He won't be able to walk me down the aisle. And my mother's mental illness also made it so that he was afraid that for my safety, literally. Mm. Um, so he fought really hard, man. And he passed away two months shy of my second birthday after having been given six months to live. Um, but my mom, she just moved us like immediately from our family to the other side of the country where we knew nobody. And she was actually chasing after a guy she barely knew, <laughs> literally, like just this dude she barely knew. Right. Um, so between the ages of like two and, and five, I just remember like a string of men coming in and out of her life, mm. and of course, and out of my life mm-hmm. as a result. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was about five years old, um, she landed on this guy who became her living boyfriend. Mm. And I remember when I first met him, like he just made me uncomfortable, mm. just just him himself, because he would like hug me really tight. Um, when she wasn't around mm. and it just scared me even at five years old. Mm. And one day she came to me and she was like, listen, my sister passed away. I have to go out of town for a few days. I'm going to leave you with him um, and I'll be back. 
And I remember telling her, like, Mom, like, can I please go with you? Like, please. I just want to go with you. Please. And she was like, no, 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 you can't go. We don't have enough money for that. I'll be back. And so, like, that night, I will never forget. I was five years old. That night, I locked my bedroom door because I was so scared of this guy. Mm. And I learned from him that a straightened wire hanger could actually pick the lock. And so that night, between the ages of five and 12, um, I was abused in every way you could imagine. Um, and it it literally traumatized me to the point where I would go to school mm. and like I was labeled a problem child. Um, I was told I had learning disabilities. Mm. But what the teachers didn't know is I was being abused at home. I couldn't control you know, what I was thinking. Mm. I, couldn't, I couldn't concentrate. It was trauma. It was trauma. And so um, I literally, for like seven years of my childhood, was experiencing this craziness at home. But in the sixth grade, a friend of mine invited me to school, invited me to church with her. I had never heard of church. Mm. I was like 11 and never heard of church. Mm. And I remember walking into the church that day, the very first sermon I ever heard, the pastor said, God is a father to the fatherless. And I remember thinking, well, who is this God? Because like, <laughs> right. I don't have my father. And if I had my father, all this stuff wouldn't be happening. And so I accepted Jesus at an early age because I knew God to be my father. Mm. And so my story literally began with God physically, spiritually, and emotionally calling me out of trauma mm. and literally covering me from that day. Mm. I mean, I look at my life before I found Jesus and I, I feel like I was saved before I even had salvation because mm. he protected me in a crazy situation. And so when I turned my life over to him at like 11 years old, I had already attempted suicide twice God. by then. But Jesus. I determined that I was going to live my life for Jesus. Jesus. And so my whole life has been just graced by God. I mean, at the age of 23, I, I had my first executive role. I've been an executive since I was 23. Mm. Um, and I see the favor of God just on my life because I purposed at that early age that I wanted to live up to the expectations of Jesus. Mm. And I knew what was happening to me was wrong, but I knew that the future God had created for me was bright. And so um, I literally lived my life for him. And how I ended up at Facebook is nothing but God. And I tell people that they think I'm joking. I didn't apply for my job. I didn't even know my job existed. It didn't exist before me. Uh, literally, somebody called me from Facebook. God told me to resign um, from my previous job on June 30th of 2017 mm. by faith. He told me to resign. He said, this assignment is over. And I was like, well, God, what's next? And he was like, just do what I told you to do. Hmm. I met with my boss at one o'clock on June 30th. I gave my letter of resignation. At 1.40, we got done talking. I got in my car. I was driving home. And at 2.05, my cell phone rang. Hmm. It was an unfamiliar area code. I do not answer those calls, but the spirit told me to answer it. I picked up the phone. The woman said, hi, is this Nona Jones? I said, yes. She said, I'm calling from Facebook. Hmm. I said, Facebook doesn't call people. Who is this? <laughs> Like, who is this playing on my get phone? Get off my phone. Right, get off my this phone. This is Steve Harvey. Minutes. This is a prank. What is happening? <laughs> and she was like, no, really. She said, your name was given to us as somebody we should talk to because as a company, we've never focused on communities of faith, but we were told that you would be the right person to lead this work for us. Mm. And so literally, out of the blue, Facebook called me the day I resigned from my job, 25 minutes later, by faith. I've never worked in technology. I've never worked in social media. Um, and so when you said at the very beginning, which is true, is like God is doing something new. My my passion is ministry. Hmm. Everything I do, every conversation I'm in at Facebook, I always go back to how does this benefit the kingdom? Hmm. And the thing I always tell people is people get so focused on building your following on social media. It doesn't matter how many followers you have if those followers aren't following Jesus Come on. through you. Ooh. So God <laughs> gives us platforms yeah. to build his kingdom. 
Mm-hmm. And so that's how I approach my work. And that's like the abridged version of my story. <laughs> we'll have forever. But I just believe that God has has graced me in such a way that I just I don't deserve. Like, I know that. Like, I don't deserve God. I look at my friends who have been through similar circumstances. I have several friends that have been murdered because mm. they ended up in prostitution. Yeah. I have friends who have like you know five and six kids out of wedlock. Like, I, I look at my life and I, I see the fingerprints of God just shaping it Everywhere. constantly. Constantly. Whew. Um, <laughs> that is truly a greater story. Um, I'm going to break script for a minute and, and just because I feel, you know, I try to follow the Holy Spirit as we're in these conversations because we know that there are people driving in their trucks right now. They're in their oh, yeah. cars. They're, they're watching. They're in China somewhere. They're in South Africa, wherever. Mm-hmm. And they're going through some things. And yeah. so I'm trying to be sensitive to the spirit. What would you say to somebody who's listening to that going, I think her story has given me hope, but I don't know what to do next. (laughs) You know, I remember as a child, when I went through those very dark times, I literally felt like I was alone. That's why I tried to take my life twice because I did not think there was hope. But in God, Mm. he always has a bright future for us. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, and that's the thing about it. It doesn't matter how dark it gets. Jesus is the light of the world. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 that that is why it's so important to know him personally. Yeah. Because in him we have our future. I love Joshua 1 and 8 because uh what what God told Joshua is he said, "Listen, if you just observe to do everything that I have commanded, if you just stay in my word and do what I said." He said, "You will make your way prosperous and you will have good success." Mm. The reason why that's important is two things. One, he said, "You will make your way prosperous." If you just do what God says do, you don't even have to ask God for extra grace Mm. because you will make your way prosperous. Teach us. (laughs) And the second thing God said is you will have good success. And that qualifier good means that there is a success that is not good. Mm. So when we stay in the will and the word of God, he will give us a success that has the fruit of the spirit. We will have peace. Mm. I know many very rich people who do not have peace. Mm -hmm. They are famous People know them. Mm-hmm. They can get into anywhere they want to get into without being on a reservation list, but they are not happy. Mm. The fruit of the spirit gives us joy. Yeah. And so I believe Teach. that if in fact you stay in the will of God, you will experience success because he is the light of the world. And that's what he wants for his people, because we represent him. Mm-hmm. That's why he wants us successful, because he wants the world to see what can happen when you do the right thing. <sighs> I feel like Facebook got a real pastor. <laughs> <laughs> well, but here's the crazy thing: like yeah. most people don't understand because, like, in the tech sector, people like there's not a lot of faith in the tech. Right? Sector no, at all, not at, at all. all. But they didn't hire me in spite of that. They hired me because of that mm. because they knew that I was in ministry. Like, and I, I, right. I live my faith. Like, I don't go. Yes. I was actually no, just sharing. You at, do. You at, do. Uh, Woman that are loose. I was like. I, I don't believe in compartmentalization. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we we compartmentalize ourselves. Like I have my church self. I have my work self. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 no. When we compartmentalize, what we actually do is we diminish. Mm. We take little parts and pieces of ourselves everywhere. So when I go into the, the boardroom or wherever I'm going, Jesus is right there with me. <laughs> Everybody knows. I've had colleagues who don't even believe in God ask me to pray for them. <sighs> because they see the hand of God in my life. And I always lead with the fact that I love Jesus. I don't hide that. Why would I hide the one who changed my life? But but can can we dive into that a little deeper? Yeah. I, I'm I'm totally off script, but yeah, I'm, I'm, we're following the good. Lord. 
Compartmentalization. Yeah. Huge word right there. Yeah. There are people going, I want that. I think, honestly, if, if you have any influence at all in the Christian space, mm-hmm. you, you struggle with that. You, yeah. you go, but how, how can I maintain my faith, but still like be relevant at IBM and it, mm-hmm. like, how do you do that? Man, let me tell you the revelation I had. So in my <laughs> in my very first executive role, again, I was like 23. I would go to work every day wearing these like gray suits, these blue suits every day. And like, I hated them because I love color. And mm-hmm. so I was like, well, I just got to wear this because I look around the boardroom table and everybody's wearing the same thing. God had to let me realize he didn't put me there or I wasn't there because of the gray suit. God told me you're there because I placed you there. Mm. And because I placed you there, nobody can take you out of there except for me. Mm. What we have to remember is when God gives us a job, he's not giving us a job. He's giving us territory. Whoa. God is literally <laughs> giving us dominion. Territory. He's giving us territory. And so you, you you don't have to walk in there like, oh, my God, I better not say this. I better not do this. It's like, no, no, no. God placed you there. But that's the other reason why you've got to make sure you're in the will of God. Mm. And 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 this is another thing I try to tell people is don't don't lead with your insecurities. See, your insecurities will take you places that the favor of God never meant for you to go mm. because you're like, well, I want to be famous and I want people to know my name. So I'll do this and I'll compromise on that. No, don't mm-hmm. compromise. Be fully aligned with the word of God, because when he puts you at that table, yeah. nobody can make you leave that table except for him. So you don't have to walk in there like, well, I'm going to leave my church self at church and I leave my, my mom self at home. I'm like, no, 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 be fully who you are mm. because God wants us whole. Mm. And when we are whole, that means we are bringing our entire undamaged self to every situation. So let me tell you what I heard in the yeah. spirit just now. I feel like what the Lord said to me is you were prepared for the role before you got the That's role. It, man. And it. then he elevated you. Right. So <laughs> let's talk about that. Uh, yes. So in the book of Genesis, I believe it's chapter 37, where we find the story of Joseph. Yeah. Oftentimes people read the story of Joseph through the lens of, oh, my gosh, Joseph was a prophet and his brothers were jealous. Right. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, my God, you know, they pushed him out of the pit because they were jealous. That's not the actual story. Mm. In reality, if you read that story, Joseph told his brothers that they were going to bow down to him. Right. Mm. Think about this for a minute. Joseph knew his brothers didn't like him. Why would he tell them that? Knowing they don't like him. The reason he said that is because Joseph was prideful. Mm. He got pushed down into the pit because God needed to work some pride out of him Mm. before he could elevate him. Wow. The question God asked all of us is, can I trust you with promotion? And he cannot trust us with promotion if we are prideful, if we are arrogant, if we are broken. Mm. So before he can elevate any of us, we got to get healed and we got to get delivered. So literally everything I went through, even before this moment, was preparation for where I am now. My career has not been perfect. Even though I was in all these high level roles, God had to work some stuff out of me in order for me to get to where I am now. I'm in a place right now. I will tell you this. (laughs) Please tell us. I'm in a place right now where I have been in the room with celebrities who I didn't even know who they were. (laughs) <laughs> literally I did not know who they were I'm just saying hey how are you doing but that's because God and like people come back and like did you just call so and so and I'm just like, like who is, who is who? literally I have no idea oh that's what's the call that's what's the call and I I believe God did that because one <laughs> he didn't want me to be starstruck that's right with people yeah. and I'm friends with people who I knew who they are now but then right. I didn't I didn't know 
But God didn't want me to be starstruck. So he put me in a position to where I've never been like a church groupie. So mm. I didn't know who any of these people were. I came right, into this right. role just wanting to lift the name of Jesus. Yeah. Purely. I wasn't trying to like become friends with all these people. I don't know how these people were. <laughs> but God was like, I'm yeah. going to put you here because I can trust you with promotion. Mm. Now you've been you've been through enough, Nona. To where I know that you're not going to do this to make your name great. You're going to do this to make my name mm. great. And that is where I'm at. I could care less. Wow. I love, I thank God for all the opportunities I have. Of course. I could care less about any of them. My question is how many people came into the knowledge of Christ because of what I did? Mm. That's all that matters to me. That's all that matters to me. And now people are starstruck when they meet you, which is crazy. <laughs> I'm like, I ain't got no power. That's happening to you, isn't it? It's, is it? Yeah, it is crazy. Like, I was walking through the airport one day and I was like, no, no. And I was just like, I have literally no power. I have none. Zero. So it's amazing to me. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, well, obviously, first of all, you're an inspiration. Um, gosh, I, I think I, I was anticipating what this would be like, but I don't think I was anticipating what this would be like in mm. terms of like God really prepared you man. to be like, Meeting you now is like, man, no, this was the perfect person mm. for this role. Thank Praise you. God you, that he elevated you into this because I feel like um, your voice for the voiceless, mm. right? You're going to lift down your hearts in the right, whatever. Yes. Um, but obviously, we also know your corporate experience yep. is there. So when yep. you think about the vision of where you want to take this thing, mm -hmm. what do you see? So my vision I have a very tiny vision, <laughs> Okay. but my vision, honestly, I want every single local church on earth to have a digital church campus. Mm. And the reason That's for that amazing. is, the reason for that is when you look at the statistics, let's just take America, two out of three churches in America are either declining or plateauing in attendance. Come on. Two out of three. Come on. While at the same time, 30,000 people every month are searching Google using the phrase church online. Mm. So people are actively looking for, for an online church experience. They're looking for a community, but mm. they're not necessarily willing to get in the car and drive down the street and go to church yet. Mm -hmm. Now, there are people who are like, if I could just connect with some people, then I will eventually go to a physical building. But I think the paradigm of church is just church is building. That was never the intent. Mm -mm. I mean, think about it. Think about it like this. I, <laughs> Jesus didn't stand at the crossroads and be like, Hey, y'all, come check out my latest sermon series on Sunday at the temple, right? <laughs> he was teaching people was wherever out. he was mm. at all times. And so what Facebook provides and what social media in general provides, there's 168 hours in a week. You don't have to just focus on the two hours on, on Sunday or an hour on Saturday or an hour on Friday. Like you can literally experience God 168 hours per week. And we need that. Mm. And so I'm trying to help a lot of these pastors and church leaders really like make that shift. In their thinking from, oh, church is what happens at a building to church is what happens when you're in community, whether you come to the building or not. Hmm. So my vision is literally for every church that has a physical location to also have a digital church community. And for people who may never have a, a physical location to be able to have a, a digital church community as well, um, built around faith. And would that digital community be in Facebook? For, yes, yes. Okay. Because Facebook groups, and here's the thing about Facebook. Yes. It's the largest social media platform on Earth. 2.2 billion? Yes. Okay. Over a quarter of the Earth's population is there. And it's oh only going gosh. to get bigger. <laughs> yeah. It's only going yeah. to get bigger. And so within Facebook groups, and the way that I try to help people think about it is, 
it's like your it's like your online campus mm. basically because like Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, all these platforms are amazing, but they don't have the ability to build community. Mm-hmm. They're basically transactional, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can make a post, people can comment, but they can't necessarily connect with each other. Mm-hmm. So on Facebook, if you think of your page, think of it like think of your presence like a house, right? Your page is really your front porch. Mm-hmm. It's where people can come up and they can kind of see what you're about and like take you in. But your group is like your living room. Mm-hmm. So people can actually come inside. You can get to know them. They can get to know you and they can get to know each other. Mm-hmm. And so you find yourself actually able to do discipleship in a digital context. That what That's what I believe my biggest mission mm-hmm. is, is to equip churches to do discipleship in digital contexts. Because people aren't coming to the building like they used to, but they still need Jesus. Mm-hmm. So how do we meet them where they are? I just have to say, you are truly a remarkable woman. Oh, thank you. And I have to say that because I think that, you know, one of the one of my goals with this is as people look in and hear you, they'll understand um, what they need to be ascribing mm-hmm. to so they can accomplish what God wants them to Amen. accomplish. And what I hear in your voice is that there is a mastery mm-hmm. of culture mm-hmm. in terms, right? Mm-hmm. Being able to operate mm-hmm. in the business room, in the boardroom, mm-hmm. but also you are well versed in the scriptures as well. And many people are not sharpened mm-hmm. in both of those areas. I mean, it's just, it's fascinating to me. Okay. Let me, let me, let me become an old pastor for a second. Okay. All okay, right. Okay. All right. I'm listening. I'm going, that girl talk good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I, I want a Facebook group. I'm on yeah. Facebook. Boom, yeah. boom, boom. I start a group. Mm-hmm. Two years later, I got three people in the group. Mm. I don't know how to grow it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, th- and this is not just a black thing. This is on the white side as well, right? Yeah. This is everybody's trying to figure out. Because mm-hmm. when, when you talked about um, churches declining in attendance mm-hmm. physically, that's a real thing. I'm in a boardroom every day where yeah. I'm hearing that from the largest churches in America on yeah. the white side and on the black side. Yeah. Everybody's having the Everybody. same issue. Mm-hmm. So let me take a step back for a second, yes. all right? I'm an old pastor. <laughs> I'm hearing you. I want a group, <laughs> right? They're like, and they're on Facebook. They barely have a mm-hmm. couple pictures up. They start the group. Two years later, it's three people in the group because right. they don't know how to grow it. Right. How do you grow a Facebook group? You grow a Facebook group the exact same way you would grow a real life church. Yeah. You encourage people to invite their friends, invite their family. And you as the pastor have to lead that. Like yeah, you have to yeah, be the one yeah. celebrating the fact that it exists. I think one of the biggest mistakes that I find is that a lot of pastors relegate social media to the marketing and communications team. And, and the problem with that is social media is not broadcast media. Yeah. See, broadcast media is unidirectional. Yeah. I have a message. I broadcast it out. Social media is multidirectional. It's I have a message. I want you to receive it. I want you to tell me, did you receive it? What questions do you have? It's social. And so you have to invite people to the community and actually encourage it to grow. And then you can upload email lists. There are so many ways to grow a community, but it starts with the pastor's vision and the pastor's leadership. If you're still at three people two years later, it's probably because you haven't told anybody about (laughs) it, really. Mm -hmm. So the best way, the top way is to invite people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And encourage, encourage the members of the community to invite people. It's the same thing you would do at your church, right? So you take a day of the week and say, Tuesdays are the day that we want you to invite a friend. If you Mm -hmm. believe in what we're doing in this community, invite your friends, invite your family. Mm -hmm. And that's how you grow exponentially. All right. As we get ready to close, Mm -hmm. my last question is, how do you make it in this digital age Mm -hmm. as a Christian? And let me re-ask it a different way. What's the best way for us to leverage Facebook and utilize social media to get the gospel throughout the world? Mm -hmm. How do we do that? Um, 
I think it's simple in that it starts with us. Mm. Um, and we have to be the living, breathing example of who Jesus is. Yeah. The way that we even post on social media has yeah. to reflect his character, yeah. which means we can't get into these arguments all the time about doctrine and theology. Uh, many times yeah. we have yeah. to learn to lead with love and yeah. recognize that, look, some people argue because they really don't know the truth, but it has to include love in the truth. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, one 100%. of my friends, um, Evangelist Matt Brown, he's coming out with a book next year. I'm really excited about it's yeah. literally called Truth Plus Love. I'm Give him a plug. Uh, I'm coming out with some books too, so I got to plug those in a minute. Plug but, it, plug it. But it's important for people to know that when you're on social media, you are Jesus to a hurting world mm. because they don't know him, and mm-hmm. we forget that mm-hmm. they don't know him. They know you, so you have to represent Jesus. Mm. So it's that I think it's always being community minded, yeah. um, and and just realize that. When you are speaking on behalf of yourself, you're really speaking on behalf of your Lord. And so you have to make sure that everything you say lifts him and lifts his people. It's not mm. just about saying you love God. You have to love his people, too. Mm. Um, and again, going beyond content to building community groups is is literally the, the platform I recommend the strongest to wow. people. And so to the point of books, um, so excited. I actually yeah. just signed a book deal with Zondervan. What? Um, yes, I have <laughs> Come on. two books coming out in 2020. Win, win, win. 2020. 2020. Okay. Yes, so I'm finished. The drafts are almost finished. Uh, one is about social media, going from social media to social ministry. Mm. And the other is about my story. And it's about how to succeed You're after surviving. That so thing is I fly. I was so excited. And people, <laughs> honestly, if people want more information, they can just go to my website. Yeah. It's yeah. And then they can just follow my, um, subscribe to my email list and uh, they'll get information. So and I'm you, you also do consulting too, right? I just want to push I that. Do. I don't know if you want. Oh yeah, no, I do. Okay, yeah, okay. I do. So I have a company. It's called eChurch Partners. Yeah. Um, and I do consulting with churches all over the world, not just churches, also Christ-centered organizations and public figures. Mm. So I work with people who are just in, on fire for God, they have a very large following to help them build community on uh, individual wow. spaces. So, uh, and God that's NonaJones.com too? Yeah, they can go to NonaJones.com to get that information too. Yeah, but I have a team of people that God has raised up to work alongside of me to help these Dang. amazing organizations. So it's a blessing. God is working, man. God is working. Well, I got to say this. Thank you for who you are. Thank you. Thank you for this conversation and for this opportunity and for the ministry that you have. Well, well, don't, Seriously, don't. man, like what you are doing and, and giving voice yeah. to what God is doing in so many people's life. Like you are an instrument of God. So thank mm. you for being that. Well, I mean, you know, I think for us, you know, I I saw a lot of people um, building platforms, mm. but I didn't see a lot of people building Christian media spaces mm. for mm. those platforms to be exposed yes. on. Yes. And that was our goal. I mean, it's just... It's an honor to be here in Gainesville. <laughs> yes. You are a force to be reckoned with. I'm going to be watching, following, man. telling people. Oh, Lord God, man. You're just going to be exploding over the next couple of years. I'm buying the book. You got to come back when the book is done. For sure. You got to come back. It. Listen, can you pray for us? Please. And then we'll I'm be done. To. All right. Okay, thank okay. you. Father God, we just thank you for this time, God. Yeah. I'm so grateful for everyone who is listening today, Father. I pray that they would be encouraged. I pray, Lord, that your spirit would just work through this conversation, God, yes, to God. leave people recognizing that you love them. You have come to give them a future and a hope, God. Yes, and so God. we thank you, God, for who you are. I pray a blessing upon my brother, God, and the thank vision you, that you've placed in his heart, God. Carry it to the furthest parts thank of you, this earth, God, because we know that he is here to lift your name mm, high, God. And so you, we Jesus. thank you for what you're doing through him and through all of us. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to A Greater Story with Sam Collier and the Nona Jones. Go to her website, look out for the books, but most importantly, be encouraged to be Jesus on your social platform. 
today. And remember this, when your story connects to God's story, it leads to a greater story. We'll talk to you soon. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. Give myself away so you can come on, let him know. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. would happen if a generation embraced this. Come on, tell them, here I am. Here I am. Oh, my life is not my own.
I give myself to you. Lord, can we say that as our prayer tonight? My life is not my own. listening to a greater story with your host sam collier don't forget to subscribe on itunes google play soundcloud stitcher or any other podcast directory if you like what you hear leave a five-star review a greater story with your host sam collier distributed by american urban radio networks without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.